This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true Doug. Hi there, Jenny. Today on Citizen Tacoma, we interview Kevin Grossman, who's running for Tacoma City Council, District 4 position, representing the east side. I had no idea I had gone on a bike ride with him once a few years ago. (sighs) Gotta love Tacoma. I do love this place. He is a super interesting guy to talk to who has a bunch of cred in environmental circles as well as business circles and even some social services stuff. So I think we had our best conversations with him after the mic was shut off, but um, hopefully you'll get a piece (laughs) of what makes him a great candidate. Listen in. So it goes. Hello and welcome to Citizen Tacoma. (laughs) Today we're interviewing Kevin Grossman, who is running for City Council District 4 position, which represents the east side. Hi. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. So we start out these interviews with you telling us a little bit about your Tacoma story. Uh, Where do you live? How long have you lived here? What brought you to Tacoma, et cetera? So I live in the Lincoln District uh, in a house that was built in 1890 that my wife and I and my dog really love. Nice. Uh, I get to know the neighborhood because my dog and I go out jogging a few times a week and uh, get kind of up close and personal for about a mile and a half radius from our house. Um, I came down to Tacoma originally because um, a partner of mine uh, had a property down here that he was struggling with, and I I like to help people fix things, and um, so I came down here and uh, helped him resolve some issues with the building, and I really liked Tacoma, and so Mm -hmm. I spent more time down here, and over time, I put together some partnerships, and we bought uh, a couple of other apartment buildings, and the one that... um, uh, kind of tipped the the scale for me to want to move down here was the Brown Star Grill up on MOK. Mm-hmm. Beautiful little brick building, was at risk of being torn down, and uh, I was able to get control of it from the city uh, with their blessing because it was a catalyst project for them, and they'd been struggling uh, for over 10 years trying to figure out what to do with it. And uh, I was able to find partners that liked old buildings and liked Tacoma and weren't scared of the hilltop. And so now we've got the Red Elm Cafe opened yeah. in there. And um, So anyway, the, all that sort of came together. I like community building. I've been involved in the Hilltop Business District and the Cross District Association and SpaceWorks. And all those things were part of uh, the decision to choose to move to Tacoma. Hmm. And how long ago was that? Uh, three and a half years ago. Nice. Yeah. And could you talk to us a little bit about your qualifications for the office? So the reason I'm running and excited about this is because I like working with community groups. Um, I've been good over the years at working with people to build capacity and build uh, build up organizations and build up groups of people that care about their communities and, um, and help them be more effective at getting stuff done. Mm. Um, uh, the... Um, it's sort of a mirror version of what I do for a living, which is fix old buildings. Yeah. Um, I like to take 
buildings that other people had sort of given up on and turn them into something that's cool and that's, you know, uh, the community's excited about having revitalized. Yeah. And we need lots of that in Tacoma. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of cool buildings that, yeah. can, that, that can be done for and a lot of communities that are looking for that. And um, I think uh, that's a unique skill set and it's something that I bring to the table that not that you do that as in the role as council member, but it, what mm -hmm. it does is it gives me the background to ask the questions to help direct staff better to encourage more of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, currently, that that kind of background is missing. Yes, we definitely need some preservation of old buildings around here. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I'm really bummed about the Scottish Rites Temple building. Can you fix that one? Uh, it's unfortunately <laughs> that one's water under the bridge, oh, but there are lots yeah. of other old buildings around that. Um, um, there are ways of addressing that. There are ways yeah. of getting ahead of that. There are ways of using city resources like they did with the old city hall to, to try to resolve some of those things. Yeah. Um, and some of it's just a matter of using those resources better and more effectively and more proactively, especially around um, iconic buildings that mean a lot to the community. Mm. As a slight diversion, is there something that you can see might have been done to preserve the Luzon? That was actually before my time, but um, I would have to say that uh, given that I live in Lincoln, not too far from where they're demolishing the Puget Sound Hospital, um, when I looked at the Puget Sound Hospital when we first bought, uh, my initial reaction was that should be a retirement center. Uh, they've got killer views. It was a nice, solid building. Part of the reason it's costing the county so much to demolish it is because it was a really stout building. And the county at that time just didn't have the mindset to preserve, to, to look into preservation. Mm. And so um, anyway, that's unfortunately water under the bridge like the Luzon. Um, but, um, but I think for, our, for uh, District 4, I think having the 9-11 um, center up there is, is, um, will, will be a good, uh, a good thing for that neighborhood. Um, It'll bring people to the neighborhood to spend money, but it won't do it in a way that uh, overwhelms the neighborhood. Hmm. So can you please tell us a bit about your district? What are the boundaries? Who are your people? Who have you met? Uh, I've been meeting a lot of people, which is a lot of uh, – campaigning is uh, interesting. Um, the most fun part about it is all the people I get to meet mm -hmm. uh, all over the district. And um, so the boundaries of the district are if you – uh, since this is a, a landmark everybody knows, if you start at the casino at Portland and I-5 yeah. and you drive south on I-5 to 56th and then you go across 56th to McKinley mm -hmm. then you go out McKinley to 72nd and then hang a left on 72nd and go out just a little bit past Portland and mm. then you follow that, that um, Swan Creek basically yeah. all the way down to the casino again. Hmm. So it's kind of a dog leg and uh, – um, I don't know. It's got we've got lots of parks and we've got lots of great homes and we've got lots of great schools, uh, lots of great restaurants. Um, especially uh, well known for um, uh, uh, Latino restaurants and uh, Asian restaurants, mm -hmm. and uh, so lots of good places to eat. Which is why I have to go jogging with my dog so that I <laughs> yeah. can can keep that in in control there. So what? Uh, what did you think that Marty Campbell 
your predecessor did well in his role, and what would you do differently, or how would you build upon that? Well, I think the thing that Marty brought to the table uh, when the citizens elected him originally that was really valuable was the fact that he was a small business person, Mm -hmm. and that perspective was really needed on the council. Um, and so I'm I'm the one candidate that can replace that characteristic on the council and 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 help with that. Um, Marty's very passionate. He cares about the district a lot, and so I think he's uh, I think he uh, does a good job of of, of caring and uh, uh, working hard to you know figure out how, what does that look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what issues do you see as the most important facing? Uh, the east side, and how will you address them? Well, it, it's interesting from Doorbell and Peak because the uh, uh, it was a little bit of a surprise to me. But the biggest issue, twenty five to one, is roads. Hmm. So we voted in a bunch more money a couple years ago for roads repairs, and the um, uh, people don't see it. Yeah. Um, you know, we repair potholes more quickly, but a lot of times they're not necessarily prepped very well, and everybody's mm-hmm. expecting that those patches are going to come out, and people feel like they're kind of being patted on the head. Yeah. And the communications with the roads repair folks, with the public works, is um, challenging. Um, yeah. I think they mean well, and they're smart people, and I, I think they. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure their intentions are good, but the communication breakdowns, uh, the lack of communication with the people in the district uh, is um, gives people pause. Mm. Um, when you've got uh, low traffic side roads that are getting overcoats and you've got 64th, which you practically have to have your car realigned every time you drive on it, yeah. and you've got Alaska – uh, north of 35th, that's dirt. I mean, I'm not talking yeah. pothole. It's dirt. No sidewalks, no stormwater, dirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, in January and February, when it's wet and the garbage trucks are going up and down there, it's rutted on top of it. So for people that don't even have asphalt in front of them to drive around the neighborhood and see that other places are getting this a top coat on a road that's actually in pretty good shape, they kind of scratch their head and go, what is going on? Mm. So that's that's a huge, huge issue. And I don't think it's just our district. I think it's across town. People are concerned about how is the money getting allocated? What's the decision-making process? Yeah. Um, you know, those of us that live in the district, we're not engineers, but we know when a road's bad. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, uh, to... Um, find a way of better engagement between city staff and the people that actually live in the community so that there's um, uh, so that the city staff can take advantage of that knowledge base. We have a great right. knowledge base out there that's not being uh, uh, engaged. Hmm. So that's number one. The second one, the second big one uh, is public safety. Um, people right. are concerned. The uh, community liaison officer positions are going unfilled. Uh, uh, I know the uh, city council uh, paid for uh, some additional uh, officers to backfill in a substantial number. I think it was around 19. But then they had some retirements on top of that, and they have a hard time recruiting. So I think we're down somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 officers now. And and recruiting and training takes a long time, and people just don't feel like they have the the support from a police coverage standpoint Mm. um, that they should. 
And how would you go about addressing these issues were you elected to the city council? Well, the roads issue, I think, is a, is a, a lot of it's a transparency and a communication issue. Mm. So I think if Public Works was more open to having dialogue uh, and uh, uh, listening to the citizens about prioritization instead of kind of unilaterally doing prioritization, that would be really helpful. Yeah. Um, it would be helpful from a PR standpoint for them because I think a lot of the decisions they're making have – I mean, they're smart people. They're engineers. They, they, there's a reason that they're, they're doing what they're doing, but that's not getting communicated. So it would help people understand what they are doing. And my guess is that if they had more feedback from people in the community that they might change some of their prioritization mm. because they'd have more feedback from the people that actually live in the district – that go that are right. kind of scratching their head about dirt roads versus other roads getting, you know, fresh t- fresh coatings when we've got other places where they don't even have roads. Yeah, and I imagine certain districts have more squeaky wheels than others. Yeah, well, I mean that's always the case. <laughs> yes, as far so, as but I, but I think but I think that brings up a good point. I, I don't think our district has been particularly effective at, in some cases of getting the attention that it deserves. And I think right. there's evidence of underinvestment uh, in the dis- in all the South End districts, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I don't want it to come across like a North End, South End thing because it's really not like that. It's really a question of we've got to look at things overall and we've got to communicate so people understand how it gets there. Because yeah. I know there's some dirt roads in the North End too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not as many though, I'm sure. Probably not as I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, just today or yesterday, my mother who lives out on the west side by Basalt and Westgate Boulevard, all the roads out there are being resurfaced. They're big, wide roads that to the eye – have no issues whatsoever. So what you're saying, I mean, I'm seeing today, yesterday. It's just, and I, I don't get it. I don't, well, I don't get it. and I think that observation is the key to my, and sort of my perspective of how I can help the, the east side and the south end. I, I understand that it takes five votes. So just because I'm upset about something doesn't really make a difference unless I can find a way to align that with at least four other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think the fact that uh, in you know in this district you've got similar concerns. The issue isn't about this specific street or this specific district. The issue is one of how's the decision making process and what's the inclusion of the community in that process, or at least awareness for so the community can understand what's going on. Um, and I think that's an issue that's common across the whole city. So now it's not a it's not it's not a district four issue. It's a citywide issue. That happens to most likely have some benefit for District Four. I think that's that's the approach that's got to be taken. Hmm. That leads well into my next question, which is: Should you be elected, you're, you would be representing your district, but you will, of course, also be voting on citywide issues. Um, if they're ever in conflict, how will you balance the needs of your district with the needs of the whole city? Well. <laughs> That's a good question. Hmm. So at the end of the day, the city council represents the city and ha- the districted seats have a special responsibility for advocating for their particular district. And so I don't think those are in conflict in general because you, if the whole city doesn't work, you don't have resources for the district. Right. Um, you could end up with some issues where 
a district, there's a district versus district, you know, disparity. But mm-hmm. I think um, like with the roads discussion we just had or with the police, I think it's the same way. I think there's some common interest about how resources are allocated um, that are shared concerns across the city that happen to benefit the areas that um, may be uh, currently neglected because transparency sort of puts a spotlight. Either the south end really isn't being neglected, in which case the information will help share that and people, you know, can, you know, mm. will we'll, that's that suggest one set of solutions, or there is a disparity and the transparency will show that, in which case all of a sudden it, it becomes really obvious that that needs to be fixed. Um, either way is better than the current scenario where people suspect stuff but don't understand stuff and there's a lack of communication or there's a sense of a lack of communication that just sort of exacerbates people's worst fears. Hmm. Hmm. I'd rather have us focus on the positive things. There's a lot of cool things in the east side and the south end that we can build on. And we it's hard to get to that point and and build capacity and build on the cool stuff that's there when we're spending a lot of energy worried about feeling like we're getting short shrifted. Right. Hmm. Right. You've been on a city council before. I have. In Shoreline, right? Yes. Um and I feel like I've just passed through there. What size of city is Shoreline? So Shoreline, interestingly enough, is just a little bit bigger than District 4. Ah, uh, it's about fifty-five thousand. About 55,000 people and has got some similar issues to District 4 in that Shoreline doesn't have uh, a base of fundamental businesses. It's basically a, a bedroom community, a service community. Mm-hmm. And District 4 is like that. There are very few uh, primary businesses in District 4. Everybody leaves District 4 every morning to go to work. Right. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them have to go all the way up to King County, which is part of the reason that I'm running because I feel like a business perspective on the council might help us modify uh, policies on the council to be a little bit more uh, attractive or encouraging, maybe is a way to put it, to businesses starting up and wanting to grow and staying in Tacoma instead of going to Federal Way or Seattle. Mm. Yes, I am one of those people that commutes to King County, so <laughs> please get to work on that right away. <laughs> so does my wife. She hops the 590 every morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, I have a few fun questions for you now. All right. What is your favorite bar or restaurant? What's your local? Where do you hang out in Tacoma? Well, let's see. I don't drink a lot, but I do like to go to Top of Tacoma once in a while. Uh, I do like one. to go to Connie's Donuts, which isn't a bar, but boy, they have good donuts. Um, Where's Connie's Donuts? So Connie's is at 43rd and Pacific. Okay. And uh, uh, her name is actually Chenda, and she makes th- she and her husband make awesome donuts. And um, Puebla a la Vida is up oh, at 53rd yeah. and Pacific, which you is where all we have the best ha- in your district. <laughs> I know. It's really fun. I know. That's why, yeah. like I say, that's why I've got to keep jogging. Otherwise, yep. I'll just roll out of there. But So that's where we had our kickoff, and that was fun. They were nice. kind enough to let us basically take over about two-thirds of the restaurant. That's nice. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I know you mentioned a dog. Um, do you have other pets? I don't. Just a dog. Well, kind of. Um, my daughter is at WSU, and so when she comes home for various reasons, she's got two dogs. And so then we end up with three dogs in the oh house goodness. for periods of time. But. <laughs> What's your dog's name? So her name is Ivy. Hmm. She's 11 and a half. She's a lab pit mix. Wow. She's just a sweetheart. She can still run with you? 
Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good. Well, we, we jog. We don't run. Yeah. We're 12-minute we're <laughs> milers. We're not fast. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the point when my dog started to be more dragged with me while I was running, and I, you just look like a terrible person with your dragging an old dog behind you trying to run down the road. I'm in denial. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. Um, what is the most interesting thing that's happened to you while doorbelling? Oh, I get great stories every time I go out. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when I get home, my wife always says, okay, what's the best story <laughs> of tonight? What today? <laughs> and uh, uh, the most interesting. I don't know if there is a most interesting. There's lots of interesting ones. So, for example, I'm, I'm uh, uh, the, the walking list have the age of the people. It's yeah. public info, right? So it's part of this the county. Uh, voter rolls and stuff. And um, sometimes when I come up to a house and it, you know, shows somebody that's in their 90s, I'm, I, I sort of have this vision of what, it, you know, it's going to be, I give them, I want to give them lots of extra time and yeah. stuff. And, <laughs> and most of the time what happens is that they answer the door right away and they're like animated and engaged <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you think about this? And what about that? And, you know, if you're, if you're elected, I'm going to call you and make sure that you're doing this and that. And they're, <laughs> They're incredibly energetic and engaged. It's just, yeah. it's delightful. Excited to um, see you It's there. always nice to get stereotypes sort of knocked off there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I have um, a funny question. This is lots of fun. Uh, what do you think of LNG? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, well, we were <laughs> earlier, you know, we were talking about the, the district uh, versus the city at large and, and, and the interest therein. Yeah, no, I think that's a good question. It's, it's a big topic right now. And, um, you know, in a perfect world, I would rather have other things than LNG going down there. Um, I've actually developed two community solar projects in Bellingham, and and for the first one for a client of mine, and the second one for a friend of his, where we raised private capital from members of the community, and we put up uh, 50, about a 16 kilowatt and a 46 kilowatt solar project, which are pretty good sized, and the panels were made in Bellingham, and the inverters were made in Bellingham. It's like, why don't we have that here? Yeah. Um, I look at all the technology that we've got, you know, Center for Urban Waters and UWT and the other universities we've got here in Pierce County. And it's like we ought to be aggressively doing a better job of monetizing and starting up companies out of all that research. So that's that would be my preference over LNG. Um, having said that, um, I've got a strong concern about air pollution and ocean acidification. And I was in the Navy many years ago. And when I was on the aircraft carrier, we didn't have exhaust problems because we were nuclear powered. But the ships around us often burned pretty low-grade fuel. And it's really, really bad stuff. So if the way to get tote off of that is to have a bridge fuel and LNG, I have a hard time objecting to that other than the fact that I know that a lot of the, maybe 60% of the of the feedstock is coming from fracking, and fracking is terrible. So I guess my conflicted leaning is we, we need the LNG because it's important to the West Coast for air quality and for ocean quality, but we also concurrently need to be leaning on folks like Derek Kilmer to lean on the frackers and figure out how to clean up the fracking side of the world, because I think they're they're, they're related issues, but I'm, um, I, I don't know that I can solve the fracking issue, um, but maybe I can at least save the, the, you know, the air quality and the ocean quality of the West Coast here. 
Does mm. the size of the, of the facility um, indicate that it's possibly an export facility as well and not just for refueling the ships? That I'm unclear about. But I do know that there. I've heard some folks talk about the, the uh, project scope changing. And, you know, if the project scope has changed to the point where there needs to be a supplemental EIS, then they should do that. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we need robust processes. And if the processes aren't robust, then we need to make – then we need to stand up and make sure that the regulators are doing their job. Um, uh, and and it's I'm I'm not that technical in that arena, so I don't know. Um, but uh, I you know I, I think that we need to. Anytime we're going to do something that's um, as complicated as that, we need regulators that are really doing their job. And I'm I'm hoping that our regulators are doing their job. Okay, back to fun things. <laughs> We were supposed to ask the LNG question, and I, I forgot. So thank you, Doug, for keeping us on sure, task. Sure. Um, have you read anything good lately, or do you have a favorite book you'd like to share? So I just started reading uh, Al Gore's uh, Speak to Tr- Speak uh, Truth to Power, I think is where it's worded. Anyway, it's his new it's his new follow up book, mm-hmm. and um, so I've just started that. Um, I've also been reading a Stephen King book um, that was out from some time ago, one of the Towers uh, trilogies, and then so I usually have three or four books going at a time, yeah. um, depending on my mood uh, when, <laughs> I, when I want to pick up some recreational reading. Yep, yep. I am enjoying um, Al Franken, Giant of the Senate, right now. Nice. I think if you want to get some political nerdery on, you should check that out. There you go. It makes me laugh, but it's also very informative about his process of running for office. Perfect. So it's pretty cool. Um, do you have any unusual talents? Uh, unusual talents? I don't think so. Um, you don't play the accordion. I don't play the accordion. I um, my, my my interests are fairly simple. I like to cook. I don't like using recipes except for oh. guidelines. Um, uh, I enjoy bike riding and gardening and so <laughs> hiking. Kind of boring normal Those stuff. Are great talents. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing too unusual. All right. Here's my political nerdery question. All right. Do you remember registering for vote? Regis- registering to vote, and who was the first person you were super excited to vote for? Hmm. Well, I've been registered to vote since I was 18, but and I don't think, with the exception of when I was in the Navy, I might have missed one election cycle just because of mailing, mailing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of sad, but I actually haven't been super excited about very many people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel like there's a lot of momentum and so even the even when great people get in there a lot of times the bureaucracies can kind of slow things down yeah um i don't know it's okay not to have an answer for that one (laughs) i'd have to think on that one not very helpful for an immediate response (laughs) discussion like this no that's a it's a tough one um so that is all of our questions. So what I'd like to do now is just give you an opportunity to kind of give us your your closing pitch. Why should the uh, residents of District 4, the fine people of the east side, vote for you as their council member? So I really like our district. It's very cool. We've got a really diverse group of folks. We've got uh, incredible restaurants, incredible parks, incredible people all over the district. There are, I, 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 I kind of generically call them the spark plugs. There are people 
all over the district that just care a lot about their neighborhood. And they're the ones that help kind of bring people together. They're the ones that when you move into the district, they're over there introducing themselves to you and telling you about the other neighbors and and helping you get on the right Facebook page so that you can yeah. keep track <laughs> of what's going on. And um, it, it's really uh, an incredible fabric of many communities that make up the community. And um, I, I'm looking forward to being able to represent everybody in the district. I want everybody to feel like uh, it's a great place to uh, to live and to play and um, hopefully regionally to work so that people aren't having to go up to King County all the time. And um, I just think it's I think it's very important. I think that um, the because of my background is fairly diverse. I, I'm a small business guy, but I've also led social service boards. I've also done super green projects, you know, lead gold buildings and solar projects and. I don't think there are a lot of people that have that diversity of background. And I think what it does is it allows me to come to the table in a way that I think I can really make a difference for District 4 and for the city and for the region. Um, I think it's important. I think that whole notion of, you know, people, planet, and prosperity is is is, is important. All three of them are important. And uh, anyway, I look forward to delivering that for all the people of District 4. Thank you so much for coming on Citizen Tacoma. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Doug. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B-Team podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.